1: Good evening. Welcome to Yadiyah Radio. My pleasure to be with you. We have both Kirk and, uh, and Dee here uh, this evening. And I just want to talk about one item in the news, and we're going to go back to the 89th Mismore. Um, and that's what's happening in and around uh, Israel. It is uh, It's just a statement of fact when I tell you that Yahweh said that the last three, three and a half years prior to his return are going to be vastly worse than at any time in human history, and that there's nothing that has occurred um, against God's chosen people, Yisrael and Yahuwah, that can compare to what Israel's going mm-hmm. to endure in these last three and a half years. And when you think about how uh, ruthless the treatment was for some eighties uh, uh, decades um in Egypt you know prior to the time that they were um enslaved, life was not good, but it you know it was just typical life within the caste systems of uh, of human civilizations but then exceedingly ruthlessness uh, where uh, you know a a mother would give birth to a uh, a boy and the boy would be then killed and where taskmasters were beating the survivors to death uh, and eight decades of that and then they they come back into the promised land and and you know it's you know, infected with all sorts of people that want to do them in. Um, and the men, and the most belligerent of them are the uh, Philistines. And as soon as as they get some control over that and and establish themselves as a nation under Dode, Solomon goes and uh, and he gets all religious, and everything falls apart, and Israel becomes its own worst enemy, and it's a house divided, as it is today. And almost immediately after that, we have the Assyrians. And, um, you know, they, they were so ruthless, they hauled Jews away into slavery with, with rings in their noses and chains between them as they dragged them naked into the wilderness. And the Babylonians were so ruthless, they not only had three waves of, uh, of subjugating Jews, but completely destroyed Jerusalem, and, uh, and the yeah, was home. And you know, on and on it goes with the um, Egyptians continuing to torment them, and then, oh, the Greeks! What belligerent jerks they were! And then nothing compares to the three assaults, the three invasions of Rome. Yeah. But. You know, each of those three invasions were against a house divided, where Israelis were against Israelis and invited more and more belligerents from the beast of Rome. And you realize that the diaspora was literally caused by Rabbi Akiba's false messiah, which he invented because he wanted a counter to the false messiah of the Christians. And he realized that how bad that was because it led to the Holocaust, and God is saying that what the chosen people, the Israelites, are going to endure in the last three years, beginning in 2030, is going to be far worse than anything they've endured up to that point. So for it to fall life for Jews to degrade to that degree between now and 2030 because Yah is returning in 2033. That's year 6,000 Yah. Uh, lots have to happen, and, and of course we're witnessing it with the progressives and the right in, in Israel um, drawing yeah. belligerent lines in the sand and, uh, and really ripping the country apart. Uh, you know, it's, I think Lapid should be, uh, should be arrested for treason. And I think the progressives uh, in Israel are, are a completely lost generation. Great. But I think Netanyahu's alliance with the religious uh, renders him counterproductive. So you don't have a rooting side in Israel. It's, it's, but it is a house torn apart at a time when Israel's worst enemy, uh, the greatest mistake by the United States, which was uh, creating... Um, essentially statehood, independent government uh, for the Palestinian Authority. Uh, and it's uh, it's about to disintegrate. They they uh, Well, Lion's Den and Hamas have about 70%, 75% approval in uh, Judea and Samaria. Um, the Palestinian Authority doesn't even have 10% approval. Mm. And it's uh, and it's made a monster, you know, it's made a monster saying uh, that we uh, we can't uh, capitulate uh, with Jews, we can't work with Jews, you have to uh, hunt and kill Jews, we're going to pay you to go and slay Jews. It's made a monster, and that monster now is uncontrollable, uh, and we're about to lose the Palestinian authority, and as bad as they are, what Israel's going to endure is going to be far worse. And we're seeing a greater and greater influence of Iran in Judea and Samaria, just as there are hundreds of thousands of rockets and drones pointed at Israel from Lebanon with Hamas. And think life in Lebanon is so bad that the Hamas clerics are saying the only way to salvage the economy in Lebanon is to go to war with Israel. And all the while, Saudi Arabia is uh, uh, cozying up to Iran, and Iran gets closer and closer to a nuclear bomb. So we are in a a horrible position, and life is going to get intolerable for God's chosen people. The only way to seek salvation from what's going to happen is in the covenant and a return to Yahweh, which is a very distant thought for most Jews. They won't even say his name. They have no idea that Dode is their Messiah. They have no idea that Dote is the Zoroa, the sacrificial lamb. They have no idea that Dode is the one who is returning, or that he is the Son of God. And all of this must be accepted, because it's father and son who are returning together on October 2nd, 2033. Yom Kippurim. So... <clears throat> I I think as we read through these prophecies uh, in the uh, 89th Mismore that speak of of everything that Dode means to Yahweh and to Yisrael, uh, to the salvation of the world, we need to keep this in mind that um, it's now or never if you are a Jew, it's now or never. Um, you've got to stop trusting the rabbis, stop trusting your politicians, uh, open your uh, minds, come to know Yahweh as he revealed itself, start reading Yadaya, Yada. go to Yada Yada.com. Uh If you're Jewish, uh, probably better to start with the introduction to God and then go uh, directly to coming home and then begin to read the the uh, Yada Yawa, uh series that will take you through all of the invitations uh, to meet with God. That said, I want to return uh, uh, to uh, the 89th Mismore. It's the most important piece of literature ever written, uh, uh, apart from the Torah itself. Uh, and while we're talking about it, too, we will probably take a quick <coughs> trip into Yashaya 52 and 53, uh, because they speak okay. of the same subject. Where well, we left off... Uh, last week was I went through a list of titles uh, that uh, were presented um, within the the 89th Mismore, uh, and we're only at uh, a third of the way through. And so thus far, the 89th Mismore has already used Dode's name twice. It has called Dode the Chosen One twice. Yahweh has referred to Dode twice as my co-worker. Two occasions he has uh, spoken of Dode as his restoring and eternal witness. He is the articulate leader, the Mashal, once. He is the Yemen, right hand of God, once. He is the Azad Yad, strong hand of God, once. He is the Geburah, which is the feminine manifestation of Yah's most capable individual and most courageous individual, two times. We are concerned that, uh, that we would use a feminine title to, to speak of, uh, of Doed. Feminine titles are used throughout the Torah, Prophets, and Psalms, and particular when it's appropriate, as it is in this case, because it's Doed's soul, is the one that fulfilled the Moed Mikre, and a soul is feminine. Dode is called the set-apart one of Israel once. He is called the Gabor, God's most courageous and capable man, once. And he is even called in the first one-third of the 89th Mismore, the Messiah, anointed. There is one title, however, that is, I don't think, heretofore, <laughs> ever addressed to Dode, that is used four times, and it is a vastly more important title than Masayak, Messiah. It is Zeroha. And it is Dode's most important title. It appears in his most important Mismor Psalm four times. It says that Dode, David, is the protective shepherd and the sacrificial lamb. Share just snippets from this first twenty uh, first verses, and then we'll we'll move on into the text. God said of Daud, "I have established cutting through separation, the Bareth covenant for the family home through Ani Bakir, my chosen one, the person I prefer and have decided upon." I have sworn an oath and I will affirm this promise seven times over, Shaba to Dod, the beloved Ebedane, my authorized agent and co worker who serves on my behalf. Furthermore, as an ad Olam, eternal witness to the restoring testimony, I will prepare and establish your offspring and that which you sow, Zera Ata. In addition, I will construct a home for your throne and your seat of honor on behalf of all generations throughout all time. Pause now and contemplate the implications. Beside you and on your behalf, the Zoroa, protective shepherd and sacrificial lamb, with Goborah, tremendous power, Inspiring courage, outstanding character, and awesome ability will be your Azaz Yad strong hand, raised up on high at your Yamin right side. For our deliverance and protection are from Yahweh. Accordingly, the Kodesh, set-apart one of Yisrael, is our malek King. Therefore, in relation to this, logically, you spoke in relation to your Makadim, chosen and tested one, saying, I have equated and bestowed assistance, supplying what is needed on behalf of the Gabor, the most courageous and capable man, unwavering with you. In addition and beyond this, Ani Zaroa, my protective shepherd, strong arm and sacrificial lamb, will empower and embolden you, strengthening you, while enabling your growth. Well, That's a pretty good list of characteristics for a man that Paul, the author of the Christian New Testament, and Peter both claimed was dead and buried, and thus replaced. And that's an impressive list of uh, credentials for a man the rabbis prefer to denigrate rather than celebrate. Now, Kirk, I know that you uh, uh, you, you did your homework and you uh, you have analyzed the letters that comprise Roa Before we uh, move on, uh, what did you uh, learn about the... Uh, the great Zoroa as a title?
0: Well, it, uh, it's only four letters, but if we, it's, it's a lot of meat on the bone. Um, it starts out with a zain. A zane, uh is a plow. It's used. Now, uh, let me just say, because we have a few people that are, are probably new, that once again the ancient Hebrew or the pictographic use of the words make up the words are um, thought of in terms or understood in terms of uh, a concrete language it is right. things that you feel with your senses you you know you can smell as you can touch as you can hear it, so forth and so on so they they saw things very concretely as opposed to philosophically as you might in greek and english and so on mm-hmm. so when you read these uh, they used uh, symbols that reflect that uh, right it's simply a plow. It is used by a man to cut a straight path to a point on the horizon. That's the way you do plow. Uh, it opens the uh, opens the soil, uh, which is a metaphor for the vine, uh, to make it uh, fertile and allow the seeds, which I use as a metaphor for knowledge, to grow. The second letter on it is a resh. As a picture, it is pictured as a head. It has eyes to see. It has uh, and read. It has ears to listen a mouse to share what is learned, uh, a brain to process information and to understand. It's also a force and it's an an, an, an except, exceptional, rather, wordsmith, one who teaches and guides. The wall uh, is, strong as, is depicted as a tent peg. Uh, we found out it's probably not like a Y great Y letter. It may be, uh, at that time, it may have been uh, a... Um, A little loop with a peg, but nonetheless, it's a tent peg. Like we'd make a tent
1: peg today. Most tent pegs today have
0: uh, have loops in them, so you can tie your line. So you can tie your your rope easily. Yeah. Yes, you don't have to hope it slips off. Um, So it's uh, regardless, it's still uh, used for the same function. It increases. It's used to secure and enlarge the home, and that's always the goal to increase the family. It's always from. It has been that way from the beginning of the story from the narrative. Uh, the fourth letter is an ayin. Uh, that's a I, it symbolizes perspective. When one aligns oneself, one's perspective with Yahweh's, they are held in great value to Yahweh in becoming an empowered and enlightened co-worker in a bed. Um, you know, I, I'm, I've added a lot to these letters. Um, as I recognized one time that um, as we take the words and we extrapolate from that what all these meanings can be and use them according to the context, I felt very comfortable now if I do that as long as I know the context of where it is the row is being used. And in most of these, um, those would all be quite pertinent to that. I did avoid a little bit of the basic thing, this is this, that, and the other that you've, um, that you've used mostly in, in, in yours as well. So uh, in most of the lexicons have so many meanings. You have to use a certain amount of your time and spend it. What does that mean in context of this word used in this sentence or in this passage? Mm -hmm. Um, I did mention, if I may, uh, um, Mm -hmm. the Zaroa was, uh, uh, their task, there's three, obviously, and the Zaroa is a task with a most difficult and rewarding job of all. And this is my opinion here. And the difficulty seems to me that the less uh, it is less about confronting the adversaries, as dealing with the apathy of Israel, it represents more people uh, who strive against God than walk the path towards Him. However, the job does bring, and as far as I can tell, and, and from what I know of uh, of the Zoros, the reward obviously is is like my mind a little part is working alongside Yahweh. He will not and he cannot work alone. He cannot expunge uh, free will. One must be allowed to respond or reject him. And there must be an alternate choice. So the Zoroas were chosen to increase Yah's family. It's always the same thing. It's always about increasing Yah's family. And uh, he equips them well. I can carry on if you want a little bit, or you tell no. me. I don't no, want I think that...
1: The was as I look at Zoroa, the, the things uh-huh. that are interesting is that Yahweh defines the term in his first use, and throughout the Torah, Zoroa is used of the sacrificial lamb, and the uh, very descriptive, concrete presentation of the sacrificial lamb uh, pursuant to Pesach Passover. So that's Yahweh's primary usage, the secondary usage. As a strong arm uh, that uh, has considerable influence the uh, the uh, verb, the verbal root, which is usually the way that we define most words in Hebrew mm-hmm. is zera, uh-huh. and zera mm-hmm. means to sow seeds to sow seeds yes. such that uh, they take root and grow, creating new life and greater productivity so uh, you have these uh, unique uh, intermixing of things where Yahweh uses the Torah to speak of the sacrificial lamb, and yet it also speaks of a strong arm, which is its lead definition in most lexicons, and it's from a verbal root that uh, speaks of uh, sowing seeds uh, such Mm -hmm. that they take root and grow, producing new life. Uh, I think the reason for this breadth uh here is that uh is begins with that plow, the same because
0: yes. uh
1: uh-huh. a someone who is productively sowing seeds so that they grow uh producing yes. new life doesn't just throw them on the ground they That's prepare the, the soil for it uh-huh. they yes. they Think of what is the best way to sow these seeds so that they take root and grow. They cultivate mm-hmm. what they have grown. It's a very thoughtful approach, and, and you have to prepare the ground first and foremost uh, for those seeds. And one of the things that a plow does, this first letter, is it tills over the weeds so that the roots of the mm-hmm. weeds that were in the land are turned upside down. They're baked by the sun and the leaves of the weeds that withdraw energy from the sun are upside down, and so the weeds die, and oxygen and nutrients and water are all now able to permeate the ground, and the ground is softer for the roots to grow, and it's much easier now to plant those seeds so that they're not consumed by predators and birds and blown away by the winds or scorched but they're actually uh, in the earth, and it's uh, prepared for them, which is why the second letter of, of Zerah is a thoughtful person. The Rosh, thinking it through.
0: Yeah, agree, Totally agree. So it's a very yeah.
1: systematic way to sow seeds so that they grow. Now, in Yahweh's parlance, uh, a seed can be one of two things. He uses seeds as a metaphor for one of two things. You're, th- you're sowing ideas, uh, and ideas are conveyed through words. So the words that are being sown, that are take root and grow produce a new life is an accurate portrayal of Yahweh's testimony. So you can be a Zoroa, like, for example, there are three Zoroa. The third Zoroa is the little Z. All he does is sow the seeds, prepares the ground, cultivates them. And so part of Zoroa is a thinking individual with that plow, plowing the ground and preparing uh, the distribution of these seeds so they take root and grow. So this is an essential part of it. But you have a word now that means sacrificial lamb, productive shepherd, Mm -hmm. strong and influential arm. Now, the strong arm is also impactful because God works through people. Dode is listed as the strong arm of God, the right arm of, uh, of God. Uh, and that means that somebody that God is using forcefully, uh, using influentially, uh, to reach out and lift up his people. Uh, you use your arm to write, which is Yah's favorite way of communicating. The arm, from Yah's point of view, in terms of conveying a message, particularly sowing the seeds is vastly more important than using your mouth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: God is much more into the written word than he is into the spoken word. Absolutely. So all of these things matter. And and then you get to the, the aim at the end of the word, <clears throat> which is perspective. Look at the perspective. View this word from all of those uh, those angles and to understand how it can be used in each of these situations where... Uh, Moshe, for example, is specifically called a Zoroa. Now, not nearly as often and not as profoundly as Dode, but he is a Zoroa in terms of he was a productive and protective shepherd, guiding Yah's yes. people, and no one sowed more seeds that have taken root and grow than did Moshe through the Torah.
0: Yes.
1: So, Moshe is... Uh, a living embodiment of this. And Yahweh uh, constantly said that during the Exodus, he used a strong arm to forcibly remove his people from religious and political corruption. Moshe was that strong arm. Mm-hmm. You might say, well, he was an 80-year-old broken-down shepherd. Huh. From Yahweh's perspective, he, he was his a arm brilliant orator, a, a thoughtful yeah. individual. <laughs> With exemplary character, it yeah. would be hard to find any more effective influence on, uh, on his people than was yeah. Moshe. Yeah. And then you look at Dote. He wrote to these with a strong arm. He held the sword to defend Israel with his strong arm. Uh, he was hung on uh, Passover's pole by those arms. He is the vantage point, the perspective that we ought to look at the covenant and understand the fulfillment of the Moed Mikre. He is the thinking man's prophet, more so than anyone who has ever lived. And no one drew a line in the sand uh, more distinctive than dead Dode or prepared the ground of Israel for his return with Yahweh. This is a profoundly important title, and before we go to the back to the 89th Mismore, I'm going to share with you uh, what I was dealing with earlier today as I was trying to complete the rewrite of what is uh, Volume 4 of Yadayawa on the uh, Mikre, Invitations to Meet with God. Uh, it is covering um, uh, both uh, Pesach and Hamatsa. and because this is the preamble into the 53rd Mismore, which is the, the most effective presentation of the purpose of the Passover lamb. Doe does the best job in Mismore 22, writing in first person, describing how he's going to serve as the Passover lamb. Yeshayah takes it from there and said, as a result of Doe doing that, here are the benefits for us. And so that is introduced by the following. And understand that there are no chapter breaks in the great Isaiah scroll. It all reads as one narrative. Awake. Become alert. Be roused from your stupor. And rise. Choose to become clothed and adorned in power, which strengthens and protects, emboldens, and equips enables and empowers. Zion, these signs posted along the way, choose to be adorned in garments beautifying and honoring you, making you radiant. O Jerusalem, as the source from which instruction and guidance on reconciliation flow, the set-apart special and unique city, it's true that never again will the uncircumcised nor the stubborn, the unresponsive and forbidden, especially the defiled and impure who are religious, come to be included among you. Of your own initiative, apart from the political religious influences, shake off and keep away from that filth, the dirt and rubbish, these shades of gray that are all about to be pulverized and arise standing upright and restored. Stay, dwell, and endure in Jerusalem. Free of all societal influences and of your own volition, release the bonds and the shackles upon your neck, O captives who are politically and religiously controlled. Bath Zion, restore and rebuild the house and family. Pursuant to the signs posted along the way. Therefore, right here and now, says Yahweh, you have been betrayed, having surrendered yourself in exchange for nothing and for naught, without even the benefit of a rational argument. And so those of you who are redeemed will be brought back without people value. For thus, says Yahweh, In an earlier time, my people descended, going down to Mitzrayim, the crucibles of political and religious oppression, to dwell there as strangers. Then the Assyrian oppressed and mistreated them, defrauded and exploited them, beyond measure and without cause. So then, why should I be concerned here, prophetically asks Yahweh, since my people are led away and accept this for nothing? without a valid reason and in vain. Their orators, their political and religious rulers, those who exercise government, governmental and clerical power and authority over them, and their sages, and those who are considered wise, and those whose pontifications have become notorious, all lack understanding and they exercise poor judgment such that they simply cry and scream while failing to offer reasoned conclusions or warranted insights, prophetically declares Yahweh. While every day, continually and constantly, my name is despised, it's rejected and treated with contempt, spurned and devalued, and disrespected, avoided, and disdained. So therefore my family will know, and they will make known my name, and as a result, in that day indeed, I am he who will declare, behold, look now, and see, here I am. How suitable and befitting, desirable and appropriate, especially pleasing. Upon the mounts is the stance of the person who proclaims the good news, the one serving as a herald and a messenger in the flesh who announces, on behalf of those who are listening, reconciliation, restoration, and renewal of the individual in the flesh who conveys this positive and uplifting message, publishing the report, which is good, generous, beneficial for those who will listen announcing and proclaiming deliverance and salvation liberation and freedom and who speaks on behalf of Zion the signs posted along the way your god he reigns <coughs> and provides counsel <coughs> the lone voice <coughs> a singular individual will actually choose to actively engage, to literally articulate that which has been communicated by your watchmen who have witnessed the future and revealed what is going to occur, arranging and laying out what they have seen before you. They will lift up the voices' proclamation all together in one accord, singing joyously. Indeed, this is because eye to eye they will see the return of Yahweh to Zion with mercy, love. Choose to be serene while bursting forth, shouting and singing for joy, all together as one, desolate places of Jerusalem, the source of teaching and guidance on reconciliation. For indeed, Yahweh has shown compassion and has comforted his family, and he has redeemed Jerusalem. Yahweh has exposed and drawn out, stripping off the bark to reveal that which is associated with Kodesh Zarawa Q, his set apart and special sacrificial lamb, his uniquely productive and protective shepherd, even the one who separates unto him by separating or sowing his seeds which yield new life and grow before the sight and perceptions of every Gentile. Everyone to the ends of the earth will witness the final salvation and deliverance of our God. Come, come. Be removed by turning away, such that you are withdrawn from there, but do not make contact with or be plagued by anything unclean, polluted, or defiled. Choose to go forth and be withdrawn, from her midst those who lift up every and lift up carry forward in advance Yahweh's adornment will be enlightened and illuminated for you will not go out in hurried trepidation nor walk as a refugee because Yahweh's presence the god of Israel will gather together and receive you in the harvest he will be called the god of the entire earth. Behold, my servant, Ibed Ani, will gain understanding, prudently offering sound teaching, leading to the proper response, providing insights to successfully accomplish this mission. Then he will be raised on high, honored and supported. He will be increased dimensionally to the greatest extent possible, while his capability and influence, even his title and position, will be elevated. As a result, and for the benefit of the relationship, many of the most repugnant and corrupt will actually be astonished and stupefied, stunned, and then ravaged by you. Comparatively, this individual's perspective, his comprehension and understanding, and his dignified appearance will be well beyond the descendants of Adam. Accordingly, he will choose to anoint the most abundantly enriched of the Gentiles. Because of him, the mouths of the political rulers will be shut. Indeed, that which for the benefit of the relationship he has recounted and itemized in writing about them, they will witness and be shown and what they had not listened to will finally be understood. That is the 52nd chapter of Yahshua. Salvation is from Yahweh. And it speaks of Yahweh calling his people home in the last days and of him providing a herald, a witness, someone Mm -hmm. he has chosen to make the way home known to his people his name known to his people, and who will aggressively denounce political and religious leaders in Israel and particularly in Jerusalem. And oh, by the way, he's a Gentile.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so then God asks, without, without even catching his breath, who has affirmed and established Providing a verifiable accounting of our message, and to whom has the Zoroa, the protective shepherd and sacrificial lamb of Yahweh, been revealed and made openly known? This is the preamble to Yahshua 53, one of the most important passages in the entirety of the Torah and, and prophets, and now God is asking a question unlike any that he has ever posed anywhere else in the prophets. And he's speaking of one individual in both cases who is at this moment in time accurately conveying a verifiable accounting of our message. Who's our? <laughs> yeah. Yahweh is the speaker. Yeah. He's speaking yeah. through Yah, so he's clearly including Yashaya, but he's also speaking yeah. of the Zoroa. Yes. Who is Dode and also Moshe. I
0: mm-hmm. think
1: he's including all of them.
0: Oh well, I think.
1: And the reason I decided we would go and cover this before we return to the 89th Mismore, particularly with the four mentions of the Zeroha in the 89th Mismore Is Doe's most important title. Is that prior to this effort of Yada Yahweh, where we've been doing this now for 22 years, calling Yisrael back home to Yahweh and to your Zeroha, your sacrificial lamb who fulfilled Pesach, Matzah, Bokotam, and Shabuah for you, and who will soon be fulfilling. Uh, yeah. The Day of Reconciliation, Jom Kippurah, leading to Sukkah. is I don't think there's anything apart from Yahweh's name that is as important as understanding the role of the Zoroa and the identity of the Zoroa. The Zoroa exists to fulfill the Moed Mekre, beginning with Pesach. And the Zeroa is God's son, the Messiah. Dod, known today as David. He lived three lives, just as he was anointed three times. And the second life, he came to fulfill the first four Moed Mekre in year 4000, Yah, 33 CE, on the pagan calendar and so he will return to fulfill the final two Yom Kippuram where he plays the starring role and then Sukkah where he is king forever and so God before he explains the role of the Zoroa the sacrificial lamb which is the purpose of presenting Yashaya 53 the first question he asks is who is the person who is correctly conveying our message? And who is the person to whom the identity and the purpose of the Zoroa was made openly known?
0: yeah Yada. Yada. question.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, you're, you're listening to it right now. The yeah. fulfillment of that prophecy. And there is... You know, sometimes that'd be equivocal to say, you know, it, it doesn't appear to be any other candidate. Yeah, Here, there isn't event, there even, we're, we're going back 3,000 years since uh, Dode made the announcement of who he, who he is and what he's going to do, and 2,700 years since Yahshua wrote these words. And not a single soul in all of that time has answered that question. And there's no one else even doing it now. And so there's no question that what you're listening to is the very fulfillment of that prophecy. And that's only important so that pay attention to what God is saying because it's essential that you know that Father and Son have worked together to fulfill the seven Moed Mikre and those seven Moed Mikre exist to provide eternal life. Your perfection is dozed soul carried our guilt into Sheol and deposited it there never to be seen again so that we would look perfect in Yahweh's eyes. And then the firstborn son became the liter- literary um, embodiment of B'kurim which means firstborn children. And then He was enriched and empowered, showing the way that God will treat all of his covenant children on Shabuah. This mission began on a Teruah day 22 years ago, 2001, when Yahweh asked me to do this for you. And we have lived Teruah for 10 to 14 hours a day, 6 to 7 days a week, <clears throat> now for 22 years. And this is the ultimate crescendo of that course. The declaration that the Masiach, the Malak, the Bashar is Dod. And he is our Zoroa. He is Yahweh Zoroa. Not only strong arm the sacrificial lamb who fulfilled Pesach speaking of this individual Yahshua who by the way um, uh, uh, he has to be uh, we have to appreciate Yahshua's exuberance here and Yahweh loves his prophets and he uh, speaks through his prophets but he allows his prophets to convey their thoughts as well. Yeah. And clearly Yahshua is enthralled <clears throat> with what's going to happen. And the reason Yahshua is so enthralled about this is, first of all, he loves Yahweh, and to love Yahweh means you're going to love his son, Dove. And to be a prophet, you know the role that, that the Zoroa played in enabling us to be part of the covenant family. He's our Savior. And so... Yahshua is predisposed to want that message shared. But Yahshua, who was the the most comprehensive of the prophets, did not have a single person during his lifetime who was drawn into Yahweh's home in the covenant family as a result of what he wrote. And I'm here to tell you... Yashaya is brilliant beyond compare. And yet not a single person was there outside of heaven's door when Yahweh brought him into heaven and opened the door for him to see. And <clears throat> he was devastated He's by crushed. it. He yeah. and, and Yahweh said, no, no, not, not to worry. Not, not, not to worry, my friend.
0: Yeah, plan. What, you,
1: what you have said here <clears throat> is going to take root and it's going to grow. It's just not today. And then he showed Yahshua how a sucker would grow from that old rootstock. Dode himself emerged. And how Yahweh would apply seven spirits to enable him to understand his Torah and prophets and present the story that God wanted to tell his people to call them home accurately. And then throughout Yahshia's prophecy just as we read in Yahshia 52 and now in 53 Yahshia constantly draws our attention to this witness, the final witness the Bashar, this herald because it is Yahshia's words that are being heralded that will be used to call God's people home and Yahshia is thrilled, I mean it's it's a thrill in and it of itself to be chosen by God for a role as important as Yashayah's, the most comprehensive of the prophets. But to know that your words have taken root and that new life is going to grow from them and that God's going to be ultimately thrilled with the results of what you have revealed is such a, a, uh, such a blessing. And this is what Yashaya is celebrating. And so he says, he will arise and be lifted up similar to the sucker before his appearance to prepare in advance of his arrival, the rootstock of the land, after a long route. His approach will not be perceived as particularly pleasing because he will not provide a superficial outline or a shallow two-dimensional sketch. He's going to dig well, below the surface. That's to say that he will be like dove for both. He will not hold a high office. He will not be a nobleman. He is not going to be a king. readily apparent that we would desire him, want to be him, or even be pleased with him. He will be scoffed at, sometimes ridiculed, dismissed and discredited. I guess uh, 10,000 death threats would qualify for yeah, that
0: cool. by uh, a
1: wide variety and considerable number of individuals. who will try to stop him?: Yes, sir. Wow, even cool. so. Even so, Yada will come to know he will come to understand and acknowledge the implications of the sorrow and suffering of being plagued and afflicted by evil. And as such, from him the presence will be averted. That is to say, he will understand what the Zoroa went through to bring us our salvation, even though it will be averted from him. We will censor him. This is now Yashaya speaking of his people. We will slander him mm-hmm. as uninformed, unimportant, and disreputable as we scoff at and ridicule him, dismissing and discrediting him, because we will not properly assess his contribution by contemplating what he has composed. Yashaya fifty-three, 53.3 So with that introduction, let's continue, if we can, uh, through the uh, 89th uh, Uh, Mismore. There's more to this than just the understanding the words that Yahweh conveyed about his son. Uh, When you combine this Mismore and Yahshua, and they are hand in glove, Mm-hmm. What I think Yahweh wants you to know is you're being given a second chance. This is your opportunity to finally embrace the importance of understanding this relationship between father and son, Yahweh and Doth, and how working together they fulfilled the Moed Mikre and how the Moed Mikre, these seven invitations to meet with God, collectively fulfill the promise associated with the covenant such that we could live forever in our father's family perfected, enriched, empowered by him as such I will place my hand into the sea and my right side adjacent to flowing waters this is Mismore 8925 when God uses symbolic language like this, uh, we have to understand what things he's talking about. The sea is a reference to Goyim, Gentiles. Mm-hmm. The land speaks of Jews. The sea is uh, Goyim, Gentiles. When God says his right side, he's talking about what Dod in particular represents, but more generally, Ya'ud uh, and Yaudem, Jews. And adjacent to living waters, the living waters are restorative. And so the living waters come forth from Jerusalem under the Temple Mount, and God is saying that my right side will be next to those flowing and living waters as my hand and influence (coughs) go into the sea. Uh, One brings life, the other is death. This is separation, and this is how Dode is going to return. Dode, when he returns, he's again. Yahweh does not like to work alone. He has chosen Dode to work through. Dode is going to eliminate, uh, defend Israel by eliminating her foes, those Gentiles who have come uh, against uh, God's people. Yeah. And to explain this, he uh, says in the next statement, uh, eighty-nine. Twenty-two. The adversary, O'eb, the hostile opposition, will not outwit or nullify him, and the son of evil will not hmm. deny him or denigrate him because he will have no answer for him. The adversary, you know, that's uh, a yeah. snake in the garden. That is ha. That is Hasatan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. HaSatan is going to play his trump cards uh, at this time, and he, uh, the um, uh, corporeal version of Satan, uh, is going to come into Jerusalem uh, on the first of Abib, 2030, um, 14 days before the two witnesses arrive, and uh, he will uh, come in as a peacemaker. And will immediately be a warrior, and Israel will be the prize, not to elevate, not for victory, but for destruction. And it is Doad who will stop him in the end, uh, three and a half years after he arrives. And so the adversary, throughout time, has not been um, God's adversary. You know, he's, Satan is navelant by comparison to God. Satan cannot prevail going spirita spirito against uh, Yahweh. And so uh, Satan's entire mindset is, if I can only degrade and defeat Dode, one man, I win. Mm -hmm. I can't defeat Yahweh, and yet I want to be Yahweh. I want to be above the most high. I want to be worshipped as if I were God. And the only way to do that is not to attack God, because, well, that's a fight, uh, that's a guaranteed loser, is to attack Dode. So why is it that Christianity, both Peter and Paul, base Christianity on the notion that Dode is dead and buried? And therefore, everything that God said about Dode has to apply to their misnomer, Jebus. Because the adversary knows that for him to prevail, he has to defeat Dote. If Dode is dead and buried, there is no Passover. Not fulfilled. means there's no eternal life. Right. If Dode is dead and buried, there is no benefit of Massa. Mm-hmm. Not a single soul yeah. can be redeemed. Is Dote alone fulfilled Massa? Without Dode, there is no fulfillment of firstborn children. Therefore, there's no adoption into the covenant family. Without Dode, not a single soul is enriched and empowered by God as a result of the fulfillment of those first four mikre. Without doed, there's nothing to herald on Teruah. And most importantly, and this is the key, without doed, there's no return on Yom Kippuram. And without this message that we're conveying... On, on behalf of Dode, as his heralds, there is no one there to greet Yahweh, there for whom to return. God can't return to no one. There can't be reconciliation if no one's there. If God's Good people don't understand him. Yahweh's name and the importance of his son as the Zoroa, Satan wins. Because there is no Dode, in the minds of the people to fulfill Yom Kippurim, which is the last chance and there's no one to whom Yahweh can return to reconcile his relationship with his people and under that basis Satan wins so the adversary's primary goal is to discredit Dode as the Zoroa as the Masiyach as the returning king as the Son of God. But what is Yahweh saying here? He will not not outwit or nullify him. Now, I'm here to tell you that Satan isn't all that bright. And Dode is brilliant. Uh, And the reason I know that Satan isn't all that bright is that within the last year, I've translated the entirety (laughs) of of Ezekiel. And Ezekiel is uh, Satan's autobiography. And it is stupid. And it is, you know, a lot of it is just Mm -hmm. flat out stupid. A lot of it is just grotesquely immoral. Uh, uh, Mm -hmm. Most of it is so thinly disguised that it's just laughable. And uh, Mm -hmm. huge swaths of it are repulsive. So I can say for certain that Satan's not that bright. Uh, that's uh, embarrassing because he's the God of religion. He is Hashem.
0: He, old, is, yeah.
1: he is Jesus Christ. He is Allah. Yeah. But he's not going to outwit or nullify Dode. In the end, the single most important battle that the adversary has ever fought, which is to nullify uh, Dode's identity as the Zoroa, the Passover lamp. As our Savior, as the Son of God, as the Exemplar of the Covenant, as the Messiah is for naught. And then he says, and the son of evil will not deny him or denigrate him because he will have no answer for him. Son of evil has been Allah. The son of evil is a uh, is a title that's applied to Shaul, known uh, as Paul, the man mm-hmm. who either authored or inspired um, uh, some ninety percent of the Christian New Testament. I say that because he, of course, has wrote fourteen books of the Christian New Testament, and uh, he, in addition to that, is, of- the, yeah, is the yeah the inspiration mm-hmm. for uh, Mark. Uh, for uh, um, uh, Luke, Luke and for the book of, books of, uh, of Acts, and uh, clearly Matthew, who was not a disciple of the book of Matthew, was written about 90 CE, was a, uh, a fan of of Shaul. And the book of Chabaok um, tells us everything about Paul, about uh, Shaul.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: every aspect mm-hmm. of his nature, his timing his approach, and Yahweh calls him both the son of evil and the plague of death. Um, So this term is to identify a singular person. And so, who is the primary um, adversary of Dode as the Zoroa among men? It's Paul. Paul. Yeah, Paul. A Jew who was a rabbi. In fact, he's the first Jew to use First. the term, rabbi. Mm-hmm. Paul, uh, the the very essence of Pauline Christianity is replacement theology. And the essence of replacement theology is that everything that was said of Doe David is stolen from him and applied to this misnomer, Jesus Christ. And you might say, wait a minute, you know, I thought that Yahweh's focus was on his own people, so why isn't he condemning Judaism as opposed to Christianity? Well, first of all, Christianity was created by a Jew, a very religious Jew, a Jewish rabbi, Mm -hmm. the first, in fact, to call himself a rabbi. And it is Paul's religion that has created more harm for Jews than any other. Yes. And beyond... Beyond that, if it wasn't for Paul and Peter, who helped enormously, creating Christianity, this egregious lie on the basis of a false Messiah and false son of God, and the idea that, that the God-man was killed uh, and, uh, and died, and that he was killed by Jews, of all uh, speaking of myths, If it wasn't for that, there would be no Judaism. The religion of Judaism doesn't date back to the oral Torah. Uh, There was no oral Torah. Um, The first practitioners of of rabbinical Judaism, the religion that's practiced now, the one that's based on the Talmud, uh, goes back to Rabbi Akiba. And Rabbi Akiba um, gained power by opposing the myths that were going out of Christianity, the false messiah. And so the way that he chose to create the religion of Judaism was to promote his own false messiah, Bar Kokhba. That's how you get the star that's on your flag and uh, on your uh, kippahs and uh, the symbol of the Jewish religion. It's the same star. Bar Kokhba means son of a star. And it was... All done as a way to to maintain control over Jews, and so there is no rabbinical Judaism without Pauline Christianity, and so the way that that Satan went about demon possessing Paul, which Paul even admits, so that he would create Christianity uh, to directly negate what the Zoroa stood for. That Dode is the Messiah, the Son of God, and the Passover Lamb. That is the essence of what Christianity was built upon, because all those things were stolen from Dode to give to this mythical misnomer, Jesus. And then to counter that, Rabbi Akiba foisted another false Messiah on his people, which led to the diaspora, the destruction of Israel, the renaming of the land which gave us the fake Phakistinians, and then ultimately the Holocaust. Um, this is all related to the son of evil. So you have the adversary mentioned, and then the son of evil. The son of evil is not the adversary. It's right. Paul.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Who is the spawn of uh, of Satan, the one that he possessed. And what did... What has he done these past 2,000 years? Well, denied Dode, said he's dead and buried, denigrated him, robbed him of his dignity. And God's saying, uh, you know, 2,000 years may seem like a long time to you. It's a blink of an eye for me. And uh, Dode, uh, when he comes back, he he will not be denied. And that's not good news for those uh, in the sea who's, who Dode is uh, has been called to eradicate. Shoah, which was the uh, the first uh, verb uh, uh, here, it says the adversary the Oebba uh, will not mm-hmm. uh, nullify him is Shoah. Uh, Shoah shoa is a really important term here because um, it's the operative verb in the third statement that Yahweh etched in stone. And it is the only unforgivable uh, sin listed in the uh, Torah, Prophets, and Psalms. God says that if you show uh, his name, he will not forgive you. Uh, The essence of rabbinical Judaism, uh, the, the kernel that it took from the predecessors, is to denigrate Yahweh's name. Never to say it. You will not find Yahweh's name in the Jerusalem Talmud or the Babylonian Talmud. You won't find it in the Mishnah. You won't find it in the the Zohar. They've written Yahweh out of their lives. Yeah, you know? wow. They've denigrated mm-hmm. His name. And Shoah is God saying, now this the adversary. He thinks that he has Shoah denigrated my name. Ain't gonna happen. He is not going to prevail with his attempt to Shoah. And Shoah is the basis, by the way, of the Shiva.
0: System the that system, the yeah.
1: Masoretes came up with to hide the pronunciation of Yahweh's name. Their vowel pointing system, which was a complete and utter waste of time, because there are five vowels among the twenty-two letters in the Hebrew language. Any buddy with with you know, five cents of intelligence uh, can figure it out by looking at words like Torah, and HaYa, and Elo- uh, EloAh, and uh, Shalom and know how to pronounce mm-hmm. each of the, uh, the five vowels in the Hebrew language and Yahweh's name is all uh, vowels so the uh, uh, rabbis created for their uh, Mesoretic text the Shiva system of vowel pointing which is based on a word that says to negate to nullify to denounce and that is the the basis of their uh, uh, masoretic system.
0: How stupid can you be?
1: How well, it's, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> well, how how and belligerent can as you well, be? But
0: still, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's,
1: it's... Ah, you jerks. <laughs> I know it's, it, it. It. it's just so <laughs> obvious, but you know, yeah. To, I mean, we've been about this for figure years, it out, you
0: just go, "Wow!"
1: Listen, yeah. Um, Dode wrote the 22nd to Mizborn first person, vividly mm-hmm. portraying what he would endure as the Passover lamb uh, via Roman crucifixion. And then what he would endure with his soul taking our guilt with him into Sheol. And, and Yahshua 53 is very specific about how his soul would unburden us from our guilt, uh, doing these things for us as the lamb of God. The story is is undeniable. The words are very clear. Um, and in the first 30 Mismore, Dodd meticulously explains the role he's going to play in our salvation as the sacrificial lamb, and why he chose to do it, and why Yahweh accepted Dode as the person he would work through to fulfill the <laughs> Moed Mikra. It's all there, and it's all obvious. Uh, it's It's just so uh, radically different than what we have been indoctrinated to believe uh, that there's a tendency to read through it until you just say, wait a minute, I cannot ignore this anymore. Uh, This, uh, a thousand years before crucifixion existed, Dode wrote specifically about how he was going to be crucified as the Passover lamb. And he wrote about yeah, it in of course, first person. Yeah. How, what are you to make of that? So the very thing that we did um, now um, 22 years ago when we began this journey is to say we're going to go where the words lead. Mm-hmm. And if God says something, even if it's... Um, anti-religious or anti-political that's where we're going and um, Dode's declarations and, and first person of what he was going to accomplish as the Passover lamb are irrefutable you've got to go where the words lead same thing is true here it's all one cohesive story so we just go where the words lead This is an important lesson because it means that God is protective of his name and his reputation, but also of his sons. The attack on one is an assault on the other. To degrade the son by failing to acknowledge what he has done, how he sacrificed himself to save Yisrael, or to replace him with a mystical misnomer, as in the case of both Judaism and Christianity, is to garner his father's wrath. As for Allah, it's A-W-L-A-H, it's transliterated, yes. it was used by Chaba'u in 212 to reveal that Sha'u Paul, the plague of death, would build an evil edifice. Therefore, was tying each of these clues together for us so that we might understand Satan's desire to degrade Yahweh's chosen. That's his end game. It's his only game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: God does not want us fooled into denying or trivializing the Zeroa. And yet, in rabbinic Judaism, you look at the principles of Judaism, there is no mention of any, much less these uh, first four, and ultimately all seven of Yahweh's, Moed Mikre having been fulfilled. There's no mention of them being fulfilled by Dode. There's no mention of Dode's name in any of them. There's an awaited Messiah, and they don't even know his name. Pathetic. Great. Wow. Well, the adversary, as Hasatan, is singular, as is his prodigy, the son of evil, Shaul, When working together as they did to conceive Christianity, they became, sorry, adversarial foes. Beyond this, to the best of my knowledge, there are only three prominent individuals who claim to speak for God while admitting to being demon-possessed. Yes. The people's choice, King Shaul, Saul. The wannabe apostle and false prophet, Shaul, Paul and the self-acclaimed messenger of God, Muhammad, all admitted they were demon-possessed. That's mm-hmm. the spawn of Satan.
0: Phase of soul. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Christians go no, along and you know, the, the, the founder of oh, the religion the is Paul, and Paul admits at the end of Second uh, Corinthians that he's demon-possessed. And they read right yeah. through it. It just can't process it. Yep. Shaul's name will even appear within the text of this mismore, eliminating any doubt as to the identity of this wicked child. And may we applaud, yeah, the title is fitting. It's stupefying that no one has bothered to ask If Shaul Paul is as goddamn important as he claims, if he is the lone apostle to the Gentile world, why are all the prophetic references to him so decidedly negative? Why isn't there a single positive comment about the principal author of the Christian New Testament to be found anywhere in any prophecy? Well, the Christians love a martyr. Yeah. If Shaul, if it is Shaul, we should be listening to, why (laughs) is Dode, the man whose status and testimony Paul sought to annul, featured in more prophecies and testimony than anyone else? In fact, more than everybody else combined. If Mm -hmm. Paul is telling the truth, and Dode is lying, why is it that Paul consistently misquotes and contradicts God while Yahweh proclaims that Dode is always right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why is this Dode song and not an ode to Shaul? Why is Shaul's name synonymous with Sheol, which just happens to mean hell? Why is he a question, Benjamin... Yeah the sun-headed south and to the sea of Gentiles, and a wolf, if he is to be believed. Why does Dod name mean beloved? Why is Dod the one from Yahudah, beloved of Yah, why Shaul is from the wayward tribe of Benjamin? Why is Doed afforded almost every positive title accolade and attribute by God himself from the chosen one to the set apart one from the son of God to the hand of God from Messiah king from the branch to the protective shepherd and sacrificial lamb if we aren't supposed to value his contribution to our lives why is Dode accompanying Yahweh upon his return and then presented ruling the world with God building a house for his throne if his life and testimony are to be discounted. Why are the only titles God associated with Shaul the father of lies, the son of evil, and the plague of death if there is anything good or right about him? Asked another way. Since the book of Acts claims that Paul was such a big shot, such a persuasive orator and prolific writer, a man who had traveled through the Greco-Roman world, the best student of Gamaliel, the leading rabbi of his day, and a man who was supposedly met with numerous kings along the way. Why isn't there a single reference to him in any of the communities or any of the nations he visited. Having allegedly given speeches before provincial governors, kings, and emperors, why didn't the court scribe record his message? Why isn't the Christian globetrotter mentioned by Tacitus, by Pliny, by Josephus, or even by a rabbi? Why is Paul's written account of his life in Galatians so incompatible with the story he told Luke in Acts? Why couldn't he get his own story straight? Why did he die miserable and alone, rejected by all he sought to influence? What did those who listened to Paul and rejected him realize that Christians fail to see today?
0: Good
1: question. Rest assured, before the conclusions of this review, we will expose Shaul Paul's irrational attempts, both spoken and written, to Shari, constrain and restrict the importance of Dode, the beloved of Yahweh. You will know, as does God, why the plague of death must be vanquished. Standing up for the one who stood with him, Yahweh reveals, and so I will pulverize, I will crush his foes, especially those who seek to constrain and restrict him. Then out of his presence, I will plague those who shun him by attempting to decrease his status. The very essence of Judaism and Christianity. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what these religions were based upon, was degrading Dode to artificially create this myth of either Jesus or to rebel against that myth by proposing a false messiah and a star to overshadow Dode. Both Christianity and Judaism are guilty of these very things that God himself said, I will pulverize and crush. And you read the basis of Judaism and the arguments that are made in the Talmud, and the first thing you recognize is there's two people written out of the story, two individuals, Yahweh and Dov. Yeah. Yahweh yeah. and yeah. Yahweh and Yeah, they give some mention to Moshe. Uh, but two the most important of people in this story, Yahweh and Dod. No, it's completely written out of the story. Mm and Christianity is nothing more than transferring and robbing Dode of everything that God said about him to create this <clears throat> mythical caricature who never lived talk about insulting
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: and that mythical caricature has nothing to do with Passover not even mentioned in, uh, in passing and his greatest history, is which is the fulfillment meeting. of he, Yeah, he didn't do anything. Yeah. It, it's so disgusting that you have a religion, the most popular religion in the world, and it's, and it's based upon this Odyssean and Dionysian corruption of mm-hmm. everything that Dode represents. Now, angry God is regarding Christianity?
0: It's big yeah. bullets,
1: I can tell you that if you are an advocate of Christianity and you make it to 2033, you better have some um, fire retardant. Because uh, I'm not sure it would do you any good.
0: There's no no place to hide. You You take your soul right out there and listen.
1: (laughs) Empirically, having dissected, compared, and analyzed most of what Shaul Paul said and wrote, um, I realized that the principal author of the Christian New Testament was not only replacing Dode with his mythical God-man, Jesus Christ, but was decreasing Dode's status to elevate his own. I mean, just think of for a moment, Christ, Christ, which actually is from Criso meaning uh, to drug, and uh, in Greek uh, is a Greek title. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is uh, based entirely upon what uh, Peter uh, supposedly claimed, which was actually written uh, by the Roman Catholic Church uh, in the uh, early 4th century, uh, declaring that you are the, uh, the uh, Christ. Well, what would that mean? There's only one prophecy that even speaks of a uh, of the Masiyak returning. It's not God's uh, not God's most important title. It's not even probably in his top five most important titles. And the only place that that it's addressed as somebody who's going to to make a sacrifice for uh, his people is in the book of uh, Daniel. And at the time, Gabriel, which means God's most courageous, and competent man, which is the very Gabor title we read here in this mismor, Mm -hmm. is the one delivering the message. He is the Messiah, and that's why he says, as the Messiah, I'm going to do these things. And yet you name your Jesus uh, as if uh, Christ was a last name and, and he is magically a Messiah? When the only place that even speaks of that is actually delivered by Dode and tells you that, that Dode's going to come in, in year 4,000, yeah? Four days before Passover, he's going to enter the city of Jerusalem. And not only will he be cut off, at that moment, the people are going to create an a entirely different covenant, different agreement. And with that prophecy, you're a Jew and you can't even figure out, wait a minute, it's your 4,000 Yah, and here he is. This must be Doug. Let's respect what he's doing for us. But not a single Jew recognized it. And that gave license to Christians to corrupt this whole message. And that's what it's all about as a result of studying these things, we realized that it was Paul's spoken and written assessment of Dode, the first in Acts, the second in Romans, where he based his religion on transferring what God said of, of Dode, the actual Son of God and Messiah, to this mythical individual by the misnomer Jesus Christ. As a result, those who will study what was said will come to understand that this is the essence of replacement theology. Paul's irrational and counterproductive assessments of Dode were were contrived because the father of lies realized that Hamasiak's life and lyrics not only undermined his New Testament, but they also obliterated his credibility. And soon enough you will know why that is the case. By contrast, Yahweh and Dode <coughs> share the following in common, and we're going to read through this. We're we're still recording. Um, we're no longer broadcasting, but many of those who gathered with us on this Shabbat uh, evening uh, are listening by phone, where they can still hear our voice. Uh, and since ninety percent of those who listen to this program uh, or more <coughs> do so at their convenience through the uh, the archives that are posted. And many places uh, around the uh, the web. Go to yadaya com and it'll direct you to them. Uh, we'll continue for a, a um, uh, another moment or two, but um, we've covered a lot of ground for one night. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. you've got to say, okay, that's that's enough. Like, let this sink in because yeah, uh, this, is life-altering. yeah. Steadfa- this is life altering. Therefore, my steadfast. This is Yahweh speaking now. He, um, just in case okay. you're not properly introduced, Yahweh happens to be God. Um, creator of the universe, author of life, uh, the one who inspired these words, actually spoke these words. Uh, Cool guy. Um, I'd recommend uh, getting to know him. Uh, He uh, he spoke these words uh, 3,000 years ago. And he said, Therefore, my steadfast commitment to the truth and my unwavering love, determined devotion, and enduring favoritism. My ongoing affection and genuine favoritism are with him. In my name, his light will radiate and enlighten, and his brilliant horn will be lifted up, raised on high, and exalted. Yahweh is setting some, us up for something that he only says once and all of the breadth of the Torah, Prophets, and Psalms, which is that um, if what I have said about Dode is not true of Dode, then you need to call me a liar. Because this idea of transferring everything that I said about Dode to somebody else as if I didn't know who I was talking about is tantamount to calling me a liar. And uh, good luck with that, folks. Not going to work out for you. So he is setting up this now where he says that his commitment to the truth, his trustworthiness, his honesty, his reliability, and his unwavering love, devotion, favoritism, affection are with him. Not with the guy whose name is never mentioned. Jebus, not with Bar Kokhba, not with Akiba, not with Shaul, with Paul, not with Peter. There's only one hymn listed by name and title in this Mismore. It's dope. And he mm-hmm. says, in my name, his light will radiate, enlightened, and his brilliant horn will be lifted up and raised on high and exalted. Karen is the word for horn. It means uh, to radiate light. God is expecting us to use the brains that he designed within us. He is expecting us to use the Nasalma, which is our conscience, along with our nephesh, which is our consciousness. Our consciousness, our nephesh soul, enables us to observe what is around us and to respond appropriately. And our nephesh conscience enables us to analyze things, to to make the necessary connections to understand. And in this case, what he is saying is that somebody in his name is being equated to a kering. Kareen is the term that Yahweh introduced when Abraham and Yishak went up to uh, Mount Moriah Moriah, and when yahweh says don't don't harm your son, your only son, whom you love, do not uh, take the uh the knife to your son because I'm going to provide the lamb and when he said that, the lamb was seen on the top of Mount Moriah. With his kareen, um shining and, and caught within the, uh, the thickets. This is an ode right back to that, because Yahweh is saying, I'm going to provide the lamb. Here is father and son, Abraham and Yishak, about to uh, perform a sacrifice. And Yahweh says, "No, no, 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 you're not going to take your only son, <laughs> because I'm going to offer mine. And that's what Kareen brings us back to. It is by making these kind of connections that we come to understand. And Yahweh says, that lamb that I said I was going to provide, my son, well, he's going to be lifted up, raised on high, and he's going to be exalted. We're going to respect him. Everyone who has gathered together in Jerusalem awaiting Yahweh's return With Dode on Yom Kippuram in year 6000, October 2nd, 622 p.m. As the sun sets in Jerusalem, October 2nd, 2033. Every one of us is going to love Dode. He's our Savior. We're Mm -hmm. going to respect him. We are going to Zechariah 12. We're going to look at the one that Yahweh has come with whom we pierced, and we're going to cry, we're going to shriek, we're going to explode, and every emotion that a person can have. And it is so Yahweh to do it this way. This is Yahweh's crowning achievement. He's coming back for the reconciliation of his people, and he's telling us in Zechariah 12, I'm not only sharing the spotlight with my son, Doet, I want you to notice that it's Dode who struck the blows for your salvation, who received the blows for your salvation. He is saying, "It is Dode that you really ought, you should focus on." That's something of, of that Zechariah 12 passage that that the Jews are wont to deny. You know, we look; it, it's 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 often translated, so "Look at Me," and whom you know, they have pierced, but it isn't. It's uh, look at the one that I've uh, I've come with that, that they have pierced and acknowledge mm-hmm. him as as the only begotten son, my only son, whom you did this to. And recognize how important that is. Well, this is an ode to uh, to that thought, because Abraham and Ishak performed a uh, dress rehearsal for the fulfillment of uh, Pesach Passover. As father and son, on Moriah, just as Yahweh and Dod, as father and son on Moriah, yeah, exactly 40 Obel. 2000 years later one occurred near 2000 ya yeah, the other in year 4000 ya yeah, 33 ce Why well, we know by the way that 40 Obel from 33 ce is 2033 you've got it uh, boldly presented in your timeline uh d um, <laughs> while we're mentioning that, that timeline it's uh there are uh Uh, Two parts of the Yadaya website, which uh, I love, that are um, uh, uh, the the parts that I use the most are the index, where you can go and you can find every place where, uh, for example, uh, Yashaya 52 and 53 are presented. Mm -hmm. And it'll take you right to them, and it's so helpful. And the other is the timeline, because... You know, this is a long story. It's a (laughs) 6,000-year story. And uh, Dee uh, was the principal lead in this, but she worked with others like uh, Jackie to get this done. And and it's a marvelous tool to know when things happen and how this plan all plays out over this enormous canvas of time, ultimately of 7,000 years, the first 6,000 coming to a close here. Just ten years from now, um, with uh, with Dode's uh, return, and when he returns, he's going to be the uh, the center of attention. Yahweh is is not doesn't have an egotistical uh, light in his spirit. He is, uh, he is he is all about sharing, and so uh, even at, at this most marvelous moment in his existence. I mean, literally the, the most brilliant moment in Yahweh's long existence is Yom Kippuram, uh the day of reconciliations in 6,000 Yah. And he's not just sharing it with his son, Dode. He's, you know, he's got Dode presented as the star.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well,
1: that's what I so, Yes. That's, uh you you've got to love uh, yeah he's so so engaging so approachable so enriching and empowering um, so comfortable to be around
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it's by looking at um at one we see the other seen together they encapsulate the torah they emulate the covenant the relationship has made it possible for us to understand and thereby experience, yeah, I was enduring love and mercy. So it's an an amazing uh, story. Um, The uh, passage that we're going to begin next week uh, is uh, rather powerful because it says, he himself will call out to me and welcome me, announcing, you are my father, and I also. Will appoint him and make him Bakur Ani, my firstborn son, the alone, highest, and uppermost in comparison to the kings and rulers of the earth. It is just marvelously beautiful. I so that's where question, we'll pick up. Point. Yeah, next week. Uh, no. uh, thank you both for uh, for being part of. This program it is an exciting time to um, not just share Yahweh's prophetic testimony in a way that has never been done before not just call attention to Dode and the role he played as Zoroah not just call uh, Yisrael back home but to actually be part of the prophecy yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh yeah it's so
0: cool It is. Freaks me out, yeah. Yeah.
1: Being literally part of the prophecy of calling God's people home. Now, quite frankly, God should have been able to do a lot better. Uh, Well, I'll speak for myself anyway. He he should have been able to do better. No, But but the fact is... He's working
0: with you, and you have to work with us. So there. Yeah, so, yeah, (laughs) there we go.
1: So turn about, sir. No, it's... It's... uh, God is as, Yahweh, is as uh, responsive to us as he is to his son. He is who he is. He does not change. And so just as he is sharing the spotlight at this moment with his son, with whom he worked to fulfill the Moed Mikre, every one of them, all seven, Mm -hmm. he is now sharing this spotlight of announcing, heralding, their return with us and he's he likes doing so this is his style he, uh yeah he's God so i guess he could if he wanted to to be this big booming voice and communicate on his own without working through the the likes of us but it's not who he is no, he wanna... no. and it's not just that he likes to work through ibanani uh, his co-workers it's that this is the most pleasing thing of all to him. And it's, and it's not just effective for him and pleasing for him to have his message conveyed uh, through people, to his people. God's so pleased to have those of us working with us that he shares the spotlight. Do we deserve to be a part of that story? No. It doesn't change the fact that he's chosen it to be that way because that's what he wants. He uh, he likes he likes Hi, to share. Yeah, really. This is his thing. He <laughs> loves he loves to share. His idea is uh, I want to work together, but understand that working together, I'm going to give you more than you give me, and that's the way I really like it. Well. And that's where we are. Well, that's a lot for for one program. <laughs> right, so we're going to say it's one of my uh, happy, favorite. Ha, ha, happy and yeah, to is, one is, and all. Is, uh, I'm indeed, uh, I'm indeed, really yes. delighted we got to work in uh, a full meaning of Zoroa, and then to see Zoroa become the essential glue that that ties together the um, uh, introduction to. Uh, Isaiah 53, with with the Zeroa yes, presented in and, uh, and 52 those. and in 53, uh, all part of the same story at this same time. So it's wonderfully exciting.
0: Well done, Yada.
1: Yes, yeah, to be yes. a part a part of God's story, on behalf of His people, and you know God was pretty clear. He says, you know, i I'm, I'm uh, this is going to work out well for uh, for those that that um, chose to work with me. Uh, he doesn't forget. He's good news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's, wow. a, really, it's, a, it's a really good generous. thing. Oh,
0: so, wow. We don't That's do it well, for that. We, yeah.
1: we, 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 uh, no, no, but uh, is it nice to know that that is his style and the way that he's going to share? Yes. But is it? Marvel, uh, it's not, yeah. it's not the reason you do it. Um, no. we do it because it, it, we, we love, yeah. Um, yeah. we, uh, we love Dote, uh, we respect Moshe. We respect Dote. We respect Yahweh, And it's it's that love and respect that causes us to want to reciprocate, to want to please. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it's there's so much fear to enjoy. Wow. Yes. Well, he's our
1: father. I mean, we love him. Hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yes.
1: You want to do what your dad does. You do. And, and it's wonderful to see the results. And it's... Uh, uh, and you know, I was with a uh, a uh, young woman today. She was uh, um, helping uh, me with some uh, documentation, and she was going through how horrible her father and mother were. Just uh, mm. unbelievably horrible. And she's now listening to these uh, shows and beginning to read the uh, the books. And and she is like so many of us that uh, did not win the parent lottery. We chose our parents poorly. Um, And it is such a um, a pleasure to um, have had parents like both of us did Uh, and to go from that to, yeah, you know, (laughs) that is definitely winning the lottery there. Yes. So uh, for all of you who are listening to this program, um, you know, there's aches and pains in every family until you get to (laughs) the family. And that's the covenant family. And there, uh, our Father becomes Yahweh. And He is exceedingly kind and generous.
0: Yes.
1: All right. Well, thank you all for uh, listening. Look forward to being with you this time next week. May yah bless. Happy Shabbat to one and all.
0: Shabbat shalom to all of you Good night. night.